Welcome to the last episodes of the Be Contagious Leadership Experience podcast. You know, last year I recorded these. I was in Greece working on a Disney Plus movie, uh, Giannis, coming soon, later this fall. But I recorded three tremendous podcasts, and today is episode one of the Lost series. We have David Gale. Now, I've known David for, wow, maybe over 20 years. I actually coached him in the LA Rockfish Spring League, and he has gone on to have had this career in the NBA overseas, most recently the University of Georgia, but he's a tremendous basketball mind. I can't even say hard worker. He's a hustler. He gets things done, but you are going to love his journey. You're going to love what he says about communication, culture, his road, and how you can really take your life and your career to the next level. So, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the one and only David Gale. Before we get started, I want to talk to you about the power of gratitude. It is the missing superpower when it comes to our players, our coaches, our family members, everyone. You know, so I encourage you to head over to HernandoPlanels.com. We've put together a great 30-day gratitude journal called the High Performing Gratitude Journal. It's designed for your athletes, for your coaches, for your people to increase performance each and every day. You are going to unleash the power of gratitude and you will reach levels in your life that you can't even imagine. So head over to the website, HernandoPlanels.com. Hope you pick it up and I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, we are back on the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. I've got actually a coach who I've known for years. Um, actually coached him when he was a freshman in, in L.A. Rockfish days, which was so many years ago. But um, David Gale is here with us. He'll tell you about his story and everything else. What's up, man? You doing all right? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, out here in Lithuania. Um, but, you know, just just figuring it out one day at a time. One day at a time. <laughs> now... Yeah, for those who, who don't know, you don't mind just giving us a snapshot of, of who you are. A snapshot of who I am. Um, okay, so currently I am a uh, head coach in uh, the LKL, which is the Lithuanian um, top professional league. Uh, and to get here, I kind of, uh, you know, I took taken a journey that a lot of people from the outside, it seems glamorous. It's, you know, it's a grind. Um, but, uh, you know, uh like, like you said, I played, played high school basketball in LA. Um, and then I, I went to Brewster Academy, which has since then become the top premier prep school in the, in the world. Um, and, yeah. and got players all over the place, high level. Um, I played at Loyola Chicago, which again, since I was there has become a, a great, great program. Um, <laughs> You know, I didn't get to experience that excitement, but uh, anyways, um, I was then with the Clippers, the LA Clippers for four years um, uh, with Coach Dunleavy and and Coach Del Negro. Um, and then from there went to Toronto and I was in Toronto for six years uh, with Coach Casey, um, where I was video player development, um, went to an assistant coach with the G League team, uh, D League at the time. Um, under Jesse Mermis and Jerry Stackhouse, and we won the championship, uh, D-League championship in 2016-17 with some amazing players that have since gone on to do some great things. And then um, I was in Philadelphia with the Delaware 87ers for one year. Uh, and then I made a jump to Europe, was in Germany for two years, uh, 
you know, was lucky enough to have some, some great, great young players there. And then now I'm in Lithuania. So it's been, it's been quite a ride all over the place. <laughs> what I love is that you start off that, you know, on paper, it does sound glamorous, right? Like when people look at this, the, they're like, wow, you did this, 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 and they get hyped for you. But like living that, um, you know, talk about what, I, I wouldn't call it a toll, but what are some of the challenges that you have gone through during your journey? Because there's a lot of coaches who want to move up the coaching ladder, but it takes a lot of sacrifice, right? It takes a lot of just like shaking hands, kissing babies, being at the right place, right time. Like what, what has that journey been like? Uh, so... I would be lying to you if I said I took all the, I, I made all the right moves and made all the right decisions along the way. Um, you know, it is, it is challenging. It's really challenging. Like you said, coaches want to move up and you, and you want things faster than they probably are, are going to come to you. Uh, so it, it's tough. You know, it's really tough. I, you know, um, when I was in LA, I almost went to college. I almost went the college route, you know, and, and, I had a girlfriend who was moving to New York city and I was like, ah, oh, let me go to New York. Right. So I, I interviewed and luck, no, no joke. Um, Kyle Smith, who is a big time college coach. Um, I, I can't, and now I'm blanking on where Kyle is at the moment, but Kyle he was, was, he was, he was at Columbia at the time, wasn't he? He was at Columbia at the time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And he, he could have hired me as like the, you know, a GA and he said, you don't want to do this, man. You don't want to do this. Like, trust me, you don't want to do this. Stay where you are. So, you know, you get lucky and you have people in your corner like that. Or, or Neil O'Shea, who you know, you know Neil well from his days when he was, you know, working kids out, right? And that's yeah. how I got in with the Clippers because Neil worked me out when I was 10 or 11 years old. Um, right. And now he's the GM with the Blazers. And Neil Neil gave me my first opportunity with the Clippers. And then when the, when the Raptors offered me a um, video video job I didn't want to take it I knew Chris Paul was coming to the Clippers I wanted to stay I was home and he said you know you have to do this you have to do this and it was I can still remember packing my my bags and watching the news break that Chris Paul was coming you know that famous video of Blake oh Lob City oh my you know like and and it was it's hard it's hard you have to leave home you have to leave friends and family and um but I'll say this, looking back on it, every, every step makes you better. Every journey, every path, every decision, all these things, whether, you know, they're right, they're wrong. They make you, if, if you, if you take them in stride and you look at them for what they are and you, and you try and get better, you, you can get better from all these little steps. Yeah. I think a lot of people are so worried about taking the wrong step and, and they don't. I remember I finished my season with the main red claws. And Austin Ainge decided not to come back. So I went to Celtics. So of course, you know, you don't have a job waiting for another D league job. And actually um, the Rockets called Gerson, who I think was head of their G league team. I forgot his last name, but he had called and said, Hey, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, Hey, I've got, um, you know, I think coach nurse wants to hire you like for the third. And it was like in October, and I was married at the time, and my my ex wife now was like, I don't think it's a good move for you to take it. And of course, I was upset. I was like, No, this yeah. is oh, I got it. What are you talking about? And it's crazy because I didn't take it. But then three months later, I took a job in the Philippines, and then which led to like six months later, you know, spending time at Duke. But it's it, it's the journey with it. But the other part of that is that the what kind of emotional toll does it take on you? Because I know for me, 
the ups and not people aren't made for this, right? It's the extreme ups and extreme downs. And you have to kind of stay grounded because you're always like, well, the phone call could come tomorrow or it may not come tomorrow. Like how how does that, or how's that been for you? Uh, So I'll say this, the hardest, the, uh, I was really, really lucky for 10 years. It was pretty stable. I didn't lose a job for 10 years. Uh, You know, it was four years with the Clippers, six years in Toronto. And it was just continually um, building to the next step, the next step, the next step. And then, you know, you say that. And the funny part is, um, it's not funny, actually. But uh, you say, you know, everybody, oh, the funny thing is this. Um, you know, I've Jerry Stackhouse, we won the championship. And he decided to change out his staff. And so uh, mm-hmm. I had to figure out what was next. And that was the first year my wife and I were together. And so it was 10 years of stability. And then I'm, I, I meet the person that I think is the right one. And then all of a sudden, you know, and since then, it's been all over the map. Um, but you know, I, I had a really tough time, uh, that first, that first time you lose your job, it's really, really difficult. You know, you think you're at the top, you think you're, everything's building to the next thing and the next thing. And then you're, you know, shoot, you know, I, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to, how, you know, Oh, it's going to be okay. And then you interview and you don't get the job and then you interview another place and you don't get the job. And so I, you know, I had a, t- a very difficult time that first year. And then I still remember when I got the call from Elton Brand with, uh, with the, the G League team in, in Delaware with Philadelphia. Uh, it was just like a relief. It was unbelievable. That feeling that you're like, okay, I'm, I, I can't, I, you know, somebody believes in me again. Right. And you don't take that for granted. And so um, I've kind of learned since then to do my best to balance out the highs and the lows. You know, but as you know, in coaching, there's no, I've tried to explain this to people that there's no greater feeling than the rush you get when you're coaching and you're, and you win. It's, it's unbelievable. It, you don't, you can't get that anywhere else in life. Um, and then the low you get when you lose, it's just like, it feels like I still remember the year we won the D league championship. We lost three in a row at the beginning of the season. And I looked at my wife, my girlfriend at the time. And I said, feels like the world's going to end. You know, it feels like, feels like the, the lowest low you can get. So um, I think experience with the experience, you just kind of learn to, to, to roll with the punches a little bit, but I, you know, it's, it's really hard sometimes. Of course, of course, it's really hard. Yeah. yeah and I, I think that uh, it, everything always looks glamorous. You know, the coaches that I speak to, like they're always, I always share with them. Like they're always, they're always asking like, well, how did you get to where you are? And I said, well, I, said, really, like you, you sacrifice a whole lot. Like, you know, I'm sure you've missed holidays. I mean, obviously you're in Lithuania, you know, right? Like you, you've missed different things. And for some, they understand. And for some people don't understand with it. Yeah. Um, and, and that has been, I know, I know just challenging all over the place. And it was the same thing. Like when I, everything ended at Duke, you know, it was always like, I was Hernando at Duke. Right. And then your phone stops ringing. Right. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you're like, well, phone's not ringing is does my email still work do and then you like you're like well how do I like email or call someone without being annoying because I'm no longer in a position where of status I'm in a position where like hi hey what's going on and trying to be to be relevant but you know, um, I mean I'll, I'll people say, don't, 
Yeah, no, I was to say to your <laughs> point, right? Like your the relationships are the most important thing, right? And like you said, I've been the same place where it's like, you know, hey, what do you think? Where's this guy's growth? Where's he gonna be? Uh, we want we're interested in him. What do you think of his per and then all of a sudden they don't, you know, you you're no longer useful to them. So building those really meaningful relationships are the ones like uh like in Toronto, now the general manager is one of my close friends. So when we talk with, when I talk with him, I don't even talk about basketball most of the time. How are your kids? Right. What are you doing? Like last night I texted him late night, a, you know, a song came on and I sent him a video of the song and I was like, Hey man, like, I remember we sat, we were listening to this and he wrote me back and he was just like, yeah, the goat, the goat. Right. And it was like, it's a real conversation, you know, like it's not yeah. about, I need this, I, but that takes time. It really does. Like, right. cause I've been in, in that spot too. And you feel like you, you're just asking for something. You don't want to be that person. Yeah. Now, how important is, how can I word this question? Because I know what I want to say. It's like, oh, maybe I'll do it based on my experience. So, you know, Gary Sachs, right? So I knew Gary for well. three years. I was doing a lot of regional scout for Marty and Ryan and Blake for a long time. And for like three years, Gary was like, hey, you know what? You're on my short list in case we have something open. And when you don't have a job or you want something sort, you are hanging on to those words, right? You're like, wait, Gary said this, and uh, it could be anybody else um, with it. You know, when when you're tracking your your career, when you build relationships now, what are some key things that you're really trying to to build within that relationship so it becomes authentic? Um, that's a great question. Um, I dropped bombs, man. Come on, I dropped bombs. <laughs> that's a great question. Um, now I'm thinking. I'm just thinking about Gary. Uh, I, I worked out <laughs> Gary's son all summer last summer in LA. Um, I was at his house like three times a week. So it's funny you said Gary Sack. <laughs> Gary's the, the greatest. Um, uh, that, you know, um, I think, I think like like conversations like this. To be honest, right? You try and find that common ground with somebody. Um, and you don't make it just about, about what you're trying to talk about. You try and find some common interests or, or, or things you've both been through or, um, uh, you know, like it was an easier way, easier way to do it before obviously the pandemic where it was in person. Right. Mm -hmm. So you could sit there and you could have these conversations in, in person. And, uh, it's really, you know, it's, it's difficult now. It's, uh, you know, it's really difficult when you don't have those those face to face interactions. Um, but I think, you know, I one thing I found as you as I've climbed higher on and become being able to be a head coach and um, taking a different path is I always appreciated when I was trying to get or still trying to get to where I want to get to uh, that when someone takes your phone call or, or res just responds to you. Right. So now when I've gotten to the point I've gotten to, I have people reaching out to me and, um, as hard as it, as it is sometimes, you're like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to answer this call. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to talk to this person. I do it. I really do as much as I can. I do it. Um, and I just, I think being given an opportunity just to have a conversation, um, is all is always, your people are looking for that. So when people gave it to me, you know, I, I always, I took it and ran with it as much as I could. And you just keep pounding, you just keep pounding, you keep pounding, keep pounding, right? And you harass these people. 
to the point where I did it. I know I did it. And I know I, it's annoying as hell, but I harassed people to the point where they were just like, all right, man, I'll talk to you. Right. And yeah. so um, I don't know if that answers it, but like, I've always tried to find a common ground and you know, you were, you were in LA, you know, it's like, it's um, my mother calls it the gift of gab, right? It's a Jewish yeah. thing. right? So like, I, yeah. I can talk for days, man. I can, I can talk. It's a gift I have. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's a gift or not, but, um, it's, it's a way for me to have, have, have met a lot of people and, and developed these relationships. Cause I just talk, um, and I, I'll just tell you a little snippet of how I got to where I got to with the, the Clippers originally, um, the pump brothers, long story short, yeah. the pump brothers and my father had a great relationship, Albert Hall was starting to do everything for the NBA Summer League. So the pumps had a had had their coaches clinic and Albert was running the coaches clinic. They asked him to give me a job at Summer League. Albert knew I wanted to get in with the team, so he let me run the video. The video distribution of the games. So I was then uh handing out the DVDs at that point in 2004 of all the games to these teams. So then I just harassed them with emails. Hey, we're selling these games, selling these games, boom, boom, boom. Then I meet him in person. Uh, hey, if you guys have anything available. So I all of a sudden had relationships with 30 NBA teams. And that's how I worked my way in because I just never let up on them. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a thing about being like super relentless with it. Because I always say, you know, the right people will see that. Some will see it as it being like, oh my gosh, man, he's freaking annoying. Others would be like, no, that's, that's a freaking tool that we can use. Like that is some way yeah. we can, we can use with it. And when you have that gift, man, that's jeez. I mean, that's, that's why get, you are where, where you're building. Hey, it can get you in trouble too. I'll, you know, coach Casey <laughs> sat me down one day and he said, he said, David, look, you're really, really close. You're really close to, to making a big jump. And you're also really close to being out of the NBA. He said, sometimes <laughs> just sit back, just, just stop, just stop. And I, I'll like, I'll, I can picture that conversation to this day. I'll never forget it. Yeah. So there's yeah, a fine the line that really affect you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now you, you in, in your in your journey, what are some of you know like some key leadership and communication things that you've seen, or heard, or even used yourself that you're like, you know, I really like this. I, I like to implement this when I run my own show. Um, so I think every coach I've been with, I've taken something from, like, I think that's really, really important, um, to take something from everybody, but some of the greatest ones, um, you know, coach, coach Casey is amazing, amazing, amazing at consistency. He's just mm -hmm. he comes in and he's the same person every day when he goes to the team, you know, he might not feel the same way every day. And he's frustrated with this or that, or he's on a high because we did this. But when he goes to the team, he is the same person every day. You know, we, we do the same drills. Um, and I remember I had a conversation with a player about that. And I said, hey, whenever I get a chance to be my, you know, a head coach, I'm going to, I want to do that. I think there's something to it. And he said, yeah, but the players hate it. And I said, yeah, but guess what? We've become a top five defense. So you can hate it all you want. You know, like, right. so uh, the consistency with Coach Case, um, the 
positivity. You mentioned coach, you know, Nick Nurse. Nick, Nick's mm-hmm. his way of of reaching players um through positivity and 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 like I said, through this um finding a common ground, you know, he just shares who he is. He, who he is is it, it's authentic. And players love him for it. Because he comes in and he's like, you know, he turned around to me in a playoff game one time and, and made a joke in the middle of a, a game, game five of the NBA playoffs and started laughing. And I was like, this guy's crazy. Like, you know, like this, like <laughs> we're, we're playing Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce right now. And this guy's turning around and like laughing with me. And, but that makes him who he is, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be authentic and he'll be the same person. Um, and, uh, you know, those two guys for sure. And then, and then, um, Jesse Mermis, um, who's now with coach Walton in, in Sacramento, um, honesty, you know, he's just, he's going to tell you how it is, whether you want to hear it or not. And that's one thing that I've tried to take with me. I, I'm not all these things, you know, you, you don't always do them, but you, you think back when you don't do them and you're like, man, yeah. that's supposed to be who I am, you know? So, right. so the honesty, you know, I, Jesse would sit with Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry and Damar and watch film with them and tell them, you know, and, and Kyle's not the easiest person to be honest with at all times, you know, like <laughs> he doesn't, he'll, he'll tell you how he feels when you're honest with him. Um, but, <laughs> but they appreciate it. And if you're honest mm-hmm. with them, even if they don't want to hear it at the time, they're going to thank you for it later. Um, yeah. Those, those couple things. And then, uh, uh, one other one, you know, uh, uh, Dave Severance, who used to be a player development coach with Vinny Del Negro and does a lot of clinics and is a scout for the Clippers. Um, he, he used the term sweat equity and you hear it now all the time from people, sweat equity, get on the court, sweat with your players, you know, build that. And so, you know, before we jumped on here, I told you, I played with my team a couple, like two months right. ago. And that's one of the things you get on the court and you bang with them and you hit them and you, and, you, and, and they, they have a different appreciation for you when you do that because you're in it with them at that point. Um, and not all coaches can do that. You know, um, I'm six foot on a good day. You know, I, my dad used to list me at six foot two, but that's a whole other thing. So <laughs> um, that I remember too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, getting on the court and sweating with the guys. Okay. Now they feel like you're in the, you're, you're in the trenches with them, you know, and, and, and it goes a long way goes a long way with them i think yeah i love it i love the consistency the positivity the honesty and sweat equity i think those are you know those are are things that i don't know it's, it's talked a lot about right there is this great video on on twitter i actually reposted it how every college coach in the interview says we're going to win the right way right but never <laughs> it's like politics they never jump into what exactly does winning the right way mean right yeah. and this right here is sort of like a blueprint of what the right way looks like um, with it and, and everything. The, when you went ahead and coached over, and we're going to switch gears here into how uh, fluid, how adaptable did, did you have to be going from obviously the NBA and then now Germany, you know, and then now, of course, Lithuania? Yeah, yeah. Um. I was really lucky in the situation I went into in Germany. Um, and I have to thank Billy Baino, who I would imagine everybody in the world. <laughs> <Billy knows>. Baino. <laughs> <laughs> I have to thank Billy is, you know, 
of all the people, there's a couple. Eric Hughes, Billy Baino have been there for me no matter when I need them. Um, so Billy helped me get to Germany. And it's crazy. He knows everyone in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. But so when I got there, I worked for a American coach who had been in Europe for 20 years. So, it, but it was, it was, I'm, when I say I'm lucky, it was an American. So he understood some things, you know, like it wasn't yeah. just jump in with a European coach and, and, right. you know, adapt to that. Um, so uh, I had to be very adaptive, you know, some things uh, don't work there that work in the U S mm. you know, so you have to, you have to learn new things. You have to, you're you're adapting to living in that culture you're adapting to dealing with the people at work every day that operate differently um you're adapting to you know i was i coached the top under 19 team in germany and assistant coach in the top league in germany so i'm now adapting to working for someone and running my own team at the same time right so it was, um, and then on top of that, I got married three days before I went to Germany. <laughs> so it was just like, I mean, you talk adapting, it's, it's like, it was an adaptation at, at, uh, at the top level, right? So um, the culture was one thing. Um, I think I was lucky because I had been to so many different places already. I'd been in New Hampshire, which was a world of difference from Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> Yes, it is. I can't even explain it. Um, I had been to Canada for six years. And so people don't even think about the things, the little things you get used to in the United States, like ESPN. You get to Canada, there's no ESPN. The first day I was in Canada, uh, I was watching college football. It was the lockout season. So I got there in December. And we were sitting at a sports bar. I had a cousin in Toronto and I was watching like Oklahoma City against Baylor, I believe. I think it was RG3's year. He was at Baylor. All of a sudden, every TV in the sports bar turns to the Maple Leafs. (laughs) I said, said, it's like 40 TVs. I said, can you guys put the football game on just one TV? Uh Uh-uh. It's the Maple Leafs. No way. No way. So so I had already um, kind of... No, these are like little snippets, right? I had already had to adjust to things like that. So um, I, I think I was, you know, my wife, it, it, a godsend, she reminded me all the time, you know, just be grateful, figure it out, you know, don't cause these problems, whatever, right? So, um, but the kids, uh, the kids mainly spoke English. So that was great. Uh, but you're learning new techniques. And I, I just remember because I had gone through it the year before with Delaware and I didn't want to rock the boat in Delaware. Um, you know, I, I kind of went into this with, with eyes wide open and trying to learn new things. Um, Mm. and so, you know, you think, you know, a lot, but I I just remember, cause I had the experience the year before I went into it thinking, okay, let me learn. Let me just, he, this guy has been doing this and he's been doing it for a long time. And so let me learn from what he's doing. They had been to the champions league final four the year before, um, with some great players. So I was like, okay, this guy knows he's got to know what he's talking about. Uh, and, and luckily also we had some players I had worked with, um, Keelan Martin. Uh, I had been able to work with him at Adidas nations a couple of years earlier. So we had a connection, Jordan, uh, Jordan Crawford, who's like a little five foot eight point guard. 
Um, we had I can uh, cross paths multiple times in the G League. Um, Lamont Jones, who played at Arizona, you know, we had I knew some of these guys already, so that was uh, also lucky for me. And and then I was like, you know what, this is my first opportunity to be a head coach, so I'm gonna go into this and I'm not gonna mess it up. Whatever I do, I am not gonna <laughs> mess this one up. You know, so so that was that was really really how I kind of adapted to it was just like being open to all kinds of all kinds of uh, suggestions and the culture and the, you know, like I said, I just got married. So it was, it was like trying to listen to my wife and her suggestions. And so I, I really, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if that it's kind of clear because to me in my head, it's not even clear how I adapted to that situation. Um, but it was yeah, just try and learn really. Just try and learn, you know, I, I can't say at 25, I would have been that person, but at, right. at 30, at 33, 34, that's how I approached it, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think having that open mind, but I think the other part, it's having the awareness if you are, are having an open mind or not, right? Because you talk to a lot of people, they say, no, no, I'm, I'm open-minded. And then you're like, yo, no, you're not. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You are not uh, open-minded. So you're two years in Germany, right? Yes, two years in Germany. And uh, it was great. It was an unbelievable experience. And uh, the kid, Ariel Hakporti, also lucky, 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 lucky to have been placed in that situation. You know, mm. I don't know. I don't know what I believe in in terms of a higher power, but right. uh some something somebody was looking looking out for me with that that situation because this kid he'll be a he'll be a first round draft pick this year like to 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 have to go to europe or choose to go to europe however you want to put it and then be placed with a 16 year old ball of clay that's african german seven foot you know like joel Embiid type handles uh and you can just mold that. It was that that really kept me get me focused. Like you're like, okay, somebody gave me this opportunity. Yeah, crazy, right? right. I think that's uh, awesome. But, yeah, you know, but like, uh, so two years there, we won, we won, we won the German championship last year uh, before the pandemic hit. Or they, sorry, they named us German champions because we didn't get to mm-hmm. play. Um, sure. But we were. We were 46 and 45 and six, um, wow. which is also crazy that people don't understand these 18 year old kids are playing 70 games a season. You know, in the US, it's AAU stuff, which is okay, a ton of games, but your high school season is 20 games, you know? Right. These kids are, yeah. we were playing grown men. We were playing the under 18 <laughs> kids. We were playing, in the perfect, the fourth professional division in Germany with 18 year old mm-hmm. kids. And then we were playing in the Euro league under 18 tournament. And then we were traveling to, to Spain. We were, I mean, it's, it's crazy what, what these kids are experiencing. Wow. Um, so yeah, they're getting the whole environment. They're, they're pros. They're pros at 14 years old. Like it's no joke. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're getting paid at 14 years old. So yeah. Um, so to experience that and see how that is different than the U.S. is also um, an amazing experience. It's, it's yeah. These kids have to deal with things 
that kids in the U.S. don't, you know, just right. don't understand. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it, it is definitely when I coach, whether it was in Japan, Philippines, or New Zealand, all these places, it is, it is different that the hardships they have to deal with is different, even like from like cell phones to transportation to, I don't know how German is. I know in a lot of places in the world still is like, you don't want to use your data plan. Like you got to go to coffee house <laughs> to use the Wi-Fi, right? So that you don't use the data plan. I mean, it's it, people, you know, changing your SIM card, like things that no one even thinks about when you go into, you know, another country, even like the flavor concepts to what something tastes to what, gravy could mean in the states and mean something in in europe or something it's 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 those things i think a lot of people always want to go overseas but going overseas is you got to be open can't be successful not be open yes uh you know it's funny i'm sitting here drinking a coffee and and my coffee in lithuania the place i get my coffee is the gas station like i go to circle k to get my coffee because there's no it's just it doesn't exist I'm in a town with 25,000 people. There's no Starbucks. There's like three McDonald's in the, like within a 45 minute, like, like, you know, drive. So um, Germany was different. Germany was more Americanized. And I remember my parents came over and in their heads, they have this uh, World War II vision of what Germany is, you know, because they've never experienced it. And you get there and you're like, wow, this is, uh, you know, the, the team had a deal with Range Rover. So I'm driving a Range Rover when I'm over there. Uh, you know, I drive down the street and it's, uh, there's movie theaters, there's McDonald's, there's Subway, there's Burger King. There's, you know, the, the little things, like you said, though, that are different in Germany, everything closes on Sunday. Everything. Mm. Like, yeah, you have to, it's crazy. If you go grocery shopping on a Saturday morning, it's like you're preparing for the end of the world. I mean, the place is packed. People are pulling things off the shelves. It's nuts because they're all, it's like, God, are you guys all having a party tomorrow? Like what is happening here? You know? Um, so little things like that or, or getting gas, you know, you, 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 I'm amazed in the U S people would drive off without paying all the time. You fill up and then you go inside and pay. Right. There's no, you yeah. can't pay at the pump. You can't, you can't pay beforehand. I'm like, this is, this is, this is trust at a high, high level, <laughs> you know, because that's a hundred euros every time you fill up the tank. So, um, you know, yeah. little things like that, grocery shopping, trying to find things, you know, it's, it's like, what is the, I still remember I got there and Google, I had never heard of Google translate. So right. I download it, I pull up my phone and it's like, Oh wait, you can use the camera to train. So you hold the camera up to the, yeah. uh, to the Turkey meat. And I was like, is this Turkey or is it hand? like, and it, it changes the words on your screen while you hold it up. And I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. So, you know, the little things like that, that you never, never would experience or even, even think of in the United States, you know, just living the life you've always lived. So it makes you appreciate the little things. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah. You know, and, and the, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say the, the, uh, the, um, the, the Christmas markets in Germany. If, if you ever have the experience to get to Germany during Christmas time, the Christmas markets are, are great. It's, it's like a, another thing that you don't even know exists and you get there and it's like, there's, I mean, in Stuttgart, Germany, which we were 30 minutes, 20 minutes away from it, 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 it goes for like a, like a mile in every direction. 
and it's just shops, these little shops and food and 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 glue vine and like glue vine is like you know it's like mold wine, and it's freezing cold and everyone's walking around just having an unbelievable time eating like funnel cakes and and these little and it's like we we drove to five or six different Christmas markets just to experience what they were like. I mean, it's like you said, you have to be open <laughs> to all these experiences. It's great. It was great. You have to be. Now, I, I don't yeah. know. You talked about coffee earlier. I don't know what your experience is. I know the first time I went to Europe and I had coffee, I think I was up for like two days because <laughs> of just how potent it is. It's so like I, I when I'm in the States, I'll, I'll drink Starbucks, but sometimes Starbucks tastes like burnt coffee. And yes. then I come to Europe in different parts and they're like, yeah, this is like five shots. And they're like making, first of all, it takes like 20 minutes to make my coffee. <laughs> I'm like, obviously this is like a work of art. And yes. it's, and it's not even a barista. It's like this guy behind this small shop and not even an apron. And then you drink it. And I was up for like two or three days. And even now I'm like, I better drink my coffee at 6am because I am not going to sleep till like midnight. If this happens, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, we were, uh, we were in Portugal. I still remember we were sitting in Portugal. It was the first vacation my wife and I took. She came over a couple months later after I got there and we went to Portugal for a week. And I remember sitting in um, Porto and it was like the last couple of days of the trip. And we got a shot, like you said, a shot of espresso. And, and it, it was like, it took forever. And yeah, I mean, you're like, you're like wired for the next, yeah. for the next 15 hours. You know, I was like, we were flying back and I wanted to go to sleep on the plane and there was no going to sleep on the plane. No way. Uh, but yeah, I agree. You it's, know, it's different. They take such pride in everything in, in those yeah. little things like that, for sure. Yeah. And then people yeah, here think that, Starbucks is crap. They think it's terrible. Yeah, they do. It's like, oh, why would you get that? I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get it. I'll go. Where should I go? Yeah. I'll be, I'm sorry I've offended you. I won't offend you anymore trying to ask for a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. How, um... How important in your life has been the support of obviously your, you know, I've known your family for years, but like, talk about like that support. And like we talked earlier, like it's easy to say, I want to get into coaching, but when you're in, in it and you're going at a, at a, at a level that you're at, it is like, Hey, you know, maybe you should think about this, or maybe you should, you know, go into societal norms. How is that the support of your family, all of them been for you? Um, you can't, I couldn't do this without it. You know, I couldn't, um, like you said, you know, my family, you, you've known my, my father, especially for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he's, I mean, they're, you know, we're 10 hours difference right now in Lithuania. So there's games we're playing at three o'clock in the afternoon here, which is, you know, what is that? That's, uh, I don't middle of the night, basically. Right. Yeah, it, midnight and they're waking yeah. up to watch them. So every game, yeah. every game. Right. So it's hard, you know, it's a, it's a very, very difficult life. And I still remember, still remember when I was with the Clippers and I was like, man, I don't know how these coaches have families. I don't, cause they're always gone. And so at a young age, I remember think, seeing it and, and thinking like, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. And now to grow and get older and, and start to live it, you know, it's like you have to be you have to find that person who understands what what they're getting into because mm-hmm. um, it's moving. It's it's, you know, these jobs in Europe are not the most um, not uh, they, they, they're not going to take care of you for the rest of your life. Let's just put it that way. They're right. not NBA <laughs> paycheck. 
Um, so to give up things like that, I mean, without the support of family and the people who care about you, and, and I have amazing friends in the U.S. too who are just following it. And, you know, when when we won our first game here, it was a tough start. You know, I came in, it was COVID, it was uh, injuries, it was this, it was that. We lost five in a row or something. And so when we won our first game, I got messages like from everybody. Like, congrats, you know, so to have those people in your life uh, when you, when you go a path that, that, you know, we both chosen to be on, it's like you, you, you really hang on to those, those, those people because without it, you're just to do this on your own is very, very difficult. Yeah. I love it, man. That's awesome. It, it yeah. is, it is a, uh, it's a tough thing. I think, I, you know, my, my son is now 20 and my daughter's 18 and they've been wow. through the, the brunt of, of all of it um from the moving from uh, a divorce from like i'm parenting them like three thousand miles away but like it, it's it's odd it's the same thing with you it's like when you're you're away hours wise and you put the time in to support them and they support you a bond grows even stronger that can't even be described yes. honestly you have no idea how to say it it's easy to say like, yeah, you know, without them or they're, I'm stronger because of them, but it goes so much deeper. It penetrates the soul even more with it, man. I, I mean, so I think it's yeah, freaking awesome. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's like, you can't, you can't put words to it. Um, but you yeah. know, without it, without it, it would be that much more difficult to do what you're doing. Um, yeah. Which, you know, to just to, to give a little, like, that's kind of how I try and lead my team. You know, I try and lead with, mm -hmm. with that connection you know, everyone says your team's a family and this and that. And that's, I don't want to use the word I feel for, you know, like that's okay. Everybody. Yeah. Family. Right. But, um, <laughs> you try and, you know, you try and convey that like we're in this together and without each other, we're not going to do anything. And so you have to learn to care about the people you're doing these things with, even if you don't like them, you might not like them. Right. We don't all like each other all the time, but you have to. So, I got here and it's, you know, just a, like, it's really hard during the pandemic to do any kind of team building. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. You know, so can't go anywhere. So we watched, we watched movies. We did some, we play, everyone played chess together. There's a poker night. There's a, you know, try and do these things to bring these people together. And because I have never been part of a successful team where people didn't care about each other, you know? So yeah. I was lucky to have experiences like that early on, you know, where people care about yeah. you and you care about them and you play with these people and you have this bond and, and until you form that, it's going to be really difficult to win, you know? So, yeah, um, no, it, that's totally it, man. That's true. I got one last question for you, brother. All right. When they yes. make, you know, the question's coming when they make the movie about David Gale's life, who is playing you? <laughs> hey, there's already been a movie called the life of David Gale. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was Kevin Spacey. It was Kevin Spacey. Now, hopefully, with everything, and with everything, I don't want Kevin Spacey playing me with everything no. that's happened, you know, recently. <laughs> um, who is playing David Gale? Oh, oof, that's a good question, man. Uh, well, I'll tell you the the uh, the comparisons I used to get that I loved uh, when I was in high school and you were coaching me. Uh, yeah. and, and this is, this is, this is, this guy's falling off the face of the earth at this point. I don't know what he's doing. People used to say, I was like, I look like Freddie Prince jr. Um, <laughs> yes. So I'll take that one all day. You know, he was like, 
he was it was like Freddie Prince Jr., Jennifer Love Hewitt. That was like, you know, in high school, that was it. So um uh man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd say if, if that guy could was eight, you know, timeless, I'll take Freddie Prince Jr. I mean, who doesn't love Brad Pitt? I love Brad Pitt yeah, movies. Of course. Uh, <laughs> 12, 12 monkeys, fight club, the ones that mess with your head. Right. Um, <laughs> things like that. Um, I don't know. Growing up, growing up, Top Gun was my favorite movie. So I'll say Tom, oh, Tom yes. Cruise. I used to love Tom Cruise. Um, Tom Hanks and Big. I'll take any of those guys. Yeah. Any any yeah. of those. I like. I like Tom Cruise. We could resurrect Freddie Prince's career with your movie, and then Tom <laughs> Cruise just looks the same. Tom Cruise looked the same from like twenty five to like fifty two, whatever he is now. Exactly. So it's he, all. He'll always always look the same. Tom Cruise, Freddie Prince. Um, yeah. So. You know, hey, I'll take any of those guys right there. They could be basketball coaches, right? They could, you know. They yeah, they could. They could. They had Ben Affleck as a basketball coach uh, on I, the way I back. Thought, so I saw Disney. Disney's putting John Stamos as a basketball coach. So if they, yeah, John, yeah, yeah, just anyone, not a, anyone, yeah, anyone yeah. is going to be a basketball coach. But now, yeah, listen, yeah. man, I appreciate you coming on. What people are going to want to reach out, want to say hello. What's the best way people can reach out to you? Uh, so I think. Um, you know, with social media, obviously, is the easiest way. Um, my in, my Instagram is dgale. My Twitter is dgale14. Um, uh, uh, you know, so those are probably the two easiest ways. Um, if you want to see anything I've done, you know, like we talked about, I resurrected SoCal yeah. Hoops. Uh, so, yeah. um, you know, it's my father's website since 1997. Uh, and, and I have to thank him for that. You know, he always jokes, that's that's my, my legacy that he's leaving. He doesn't have the money to give me, but SoCal hoops, that's the legacy. So, um, so you can find uh SoCal hoops on, on YouTube. Um, there's a lot of videos on there and there's a SoCal hoops underscore com. Cause someone tried to take SoCal hoops.com. Um, that's a whole other story. Uh, yeah. but those two spots, but yeah, uh, those, those areas, D Gale, D Gale 14, um, are, are where you can find me. And, uh, like I said, anyone who reaches out, I'm happy to connect with them. Um, and uh, I really appreciate you, you know, reaching out, man. It's been a long time, so. Yeah, yeah. It's no, it's, it's, it's been great. And I, like I told you earlier, I'll tell our listeners, like, you know, because of social media, I feel like I speak to you like once a year at the very least. And the reality is like, I don't. I haven't spoken in like 11, 13 years or, or, or whatever. It's been, a it long, is, it's been a long time, but I can still remember Co- uh, you coaching me up in uh in the LA City College <laughs> Rockfish gym, you know, and and those those early Saturday and Sunday mornings, uh, you know, I, I you, you you this is gonna the last thing. Hey, I remember getting my pocket picked by Russell Lakey in that gym, <laughs> and you and no joke, you teaching me what he was doing to steal the ball from behind and why he was doing it, and just don't hey don't play around with it, man. Just go buy him. Just go buy him. So I still tell, we got a kid, Cedric Fairfield oh, here, who played at Utah. And I told him yesterday, man, look, they're hedging. Just go buy them. You're faster. Just go buy them. So you can feel good about that. Some of the, some of the knowledge <laughs> you gave me, I'm still sharing with guys. Oh, man. I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad you're doing well, man. Tell your family I said hi. Appreciate you, you jumping on, man, the Be Contagious Leadership. Thanks, Hernando. I really appreciate you having me, man. And stay safe out there in Athens. How about David Gale dropping knowledge on his career, coaching, communication, culture, the pandemic, everything? 
The great thing about podcasts is these things are timeless. You could always gain knowledge no matter when they were recorded. David Yale, thanks so much for joining us on the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. And thank you for listening to the BCLE. Please do me a favor, jump on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to this. Give us a rating. I mean, five stars would be nice. Love to hear what you think about and how we can improve because we're here to help you every step of the way. Remember, you have the power. You are amazing. I love you and keep on giving that contagious energy to the people around you. Talk to you soon. A classic cliche, we're on the run. This is what we waited for.